go. Oh, look at that timing. Oh, did I get it? <laughs> yeah, they saw you just go, uh, go. <laughs> it's Thursday night. You know what that means. The Comics Pals are live for Pals Pulls. <laughs> yes, indeed. Say hello if you're in the chat. Uh, hope hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, we found our child. We found our child. Marco oh, oh. has returned. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Marco has returned. returned. And Marco is living... Uh, in a world of fear, because there is an, uh, if you if you look at my Instagram story, there's a like those like millipede things just circling above me. Why didn't and you I'm kill it? Why didn't you like yeah, kill it hell? or try to capture Bro, it? My my ceilings are like ten feet tall. You can't reach that shit. Oh, look, at, he's, look at this guy. He's bragging about his tall ceiling apartment. Oh, look at me, yeah, I'm Marco. You know, I got these big you know full bottom to top windows. You know, what are you gonna do? Uh, Marco loves a full bottom. That's for sure. Uh, well, we but we lost our grumpy grandpa. Kale is not here, uh, but Tyler's here. Uh, is that a good Kale <laughs> impression? That was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. That's yeah. You're you're in you're in the ballpark. It was uh, a friend, Tyler. Was a friend. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. Okay. All right. I'm here too. Sean, oh, you're uh, your typical host. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Jack Dariah. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the chat. Uh, so we've got four books to talk about today as ever. We're talking about the return of Fables with Fables 151. Get it. Uh, big, big, uh, big return. So that's pretty cool. Dive into that. Uh, Mortal X-Men number two. That's that's one I can't wait to talk about. Uh, Savage Avengers number one. Do not flame me for this cover. I did not want this. Oh, you're telling I me you would not... pick the is that JR JR? Do you have to ask? I mean, I, it's, it's I'm, good too. I'm looking at the small screen, so yeah, I have to. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Of okay. course, it is. I, I, I have regrets. I was trying to get it done quick, and it just had a lot of that cover, um, and then a lot of other ones that were crappy too. I thought so. Whatever. That's what I ended up. I mean, at least you got JR. JR. He's the one who uh, created uh, Anti Venom. He was the first one to draw Anti Venom, I believe. So, uh, is that? supposed to be a selling point or sure yeah 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 uh-huh uh-huh but yeah. sean you love jrjr so i don't see what the issue is he's he's he is a uh a talent Artist. he's a he's a legend <laughs> uh and also a legend is uh spawn we're reviewing king spawn number 10 oh boy i got today i got thoughts about that one i i do too and Same. i can't wait to share them with you uh and i got comics tagged last week so i also had to read shaolin country or cowboy, rather, number one. Uh, so I will yeah. be sharing my thoughts about that in the okay. comics tag section. Yeah. Uh, before we get into all that, I do want to let you guys know how you can support the show. Patreon.com slash the comics pals if you want to support us directly. Uh, there are multiple tiers in our Patreon. For as little as $3, you can help us live our dream. Uh, this week I put out my newsletter. We'll talk about that more on the main show this Saturday. But needless to say, if you're a patron, thank you so much. If you're considering joining us on Patreon, thank you so much. Even if you don't subscribe, we appreciate you. Uh, we love our fans, our listeners. Um, if you want to join us live for this podcast, twitch.tv slash the comics pals every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Saturdays at 10, 15 a.m. for the main show. 
Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's been a massive week, including the announcement of, or well, not the announcement, but the rumor, the big, big time rumor of the return of Daredevil to Disney Plus. So Give crazy me some stuff. of that Catholic guilt, please. <laughs> I need it. That specifically. Yo, oh, I love it. I thrive on it. It's so good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bring back Electra. Um, oh, YouTube. Yeah. YouTube.com. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh-huh. YouTube.com slash the comics pal. Subscribe to our channel for free. Like the video, share it with your friends. All that stuff's free to do. Helps out a lot more than it costs you. And join our Discord server. Come join our Discord server. We're always looking for fr- flesh blood, fresh blood to hang out with us. So uh let's let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about fables. So, first question: have any of you read fables before? Not all of it, but I've read the first deluxe and the, the I guess the third volume. Tyler? I'm kind of in the same boat. So I used to work at a Barnes and Noble, and I was uh, this is back when the Nook was a big thing. You remember the Nook? It was like the uh, yes. their competitor to the Kindle. Yes. Um, yeah. And I was that was kind of like the specialist for my store, and I would always push comic books onto people through the Nook as like a, a selling point, which actually worked honestly. Um, but I would read fables on there uh, while customers were running around. So I got, I think, through the first two deluxe ones. But that, oh. we're talking about 12 years ago. So, like, it ain't fully up there anymore. I've sure, read sure. the first trade of fables at least three times, though. So, like, that first trade I'm pretty confident on. Yeah. But no, I All right. finished it. Well, I have never read Fables before. Not a lick of it. So this, Sorry is, my about this, first, uh, <laughs> this, this is my first shot. So Bill Willingham is the writer. Uh, Mark Buckingham did the art here. Uh, Steve Leoa did the inks. Lee Lowridge on colors. Todd Klein on letters. Um, pretty, pretty good creative team. Um, you know what? I like this. Okay. I I was wondering where you might sit on it at the outset, just because there's a lot, probably context, um, that even I wasn't sure about. Um, and yeah, so I was curious how you were going to feel like just jumping into this. I'm never, I'm never mad about like, you know, not knowing what's going on. If I, if it's my own fault, like I could have read all 150 issues in preparation for this. I wasn't going to do that, um, but I didn't. So for those people who have read it all and are up to speed, that's awesome. And I'm sure that this was a seamless experience. Uh, I think that this issue, though, did a really good job of giving you enough. And if you're a smart reader, if you're, you know, not smart, but if you've been doing this for a while, you can pick up through syntax, kind of what you need to know to get along. And that's where I found myself. The book does a good enough job of setting things up. I know who the major players are. I get it. Um, I don't know everything. I don't know all the dynamics, but I was able to follow along and I was really appreciative of that. Um, and it helps when the art's so good. You know, you want to, you want to turn the page. You want to keep reading. Yeah. Buckingham's real good. Just rendering. Um, the, the thing that caught me off guard that I don't remember if it happened was the, those like side panelings, the designs. Um, I think they really helped to, it, it made it feel a bit cluttered 
But at the same time, I think it also just accentuated something a bit different, especially depending on the environment that people were in. It yeah. helps to sort of ground you in the world as well. Just beyond, you know, you you landing in a space, you can also feel like, oh, uh, there's this one transition from the forest environment with uh, Jack and the Green being the bear, and then going into like the city. It it there's a caption is back in the distant world, but you also can feel it because the surrounding spaces are also just different. There's rubble, there's dirt versus the green and leaves of um, the forest that we were just in. So I think there was effective use. I. So Matt, Matt brings it up in the, in the chat here. Uh, a famous Breitbart <laughs> contributor, Bill Willingham. Um, oh, yeah. So the, the, the crux of the story that really jumped out to me was the uh, Jack in the green. Is that what uh, yeah. Jack of the green or whatever? In this female character replacing him, and I'm smelling, I'm smelling something going on here with Bill Willingham and this theme going on. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, I think this is Willingham's take on the idea of female characters replacing male characters in comic books. Um, this, I think, uh, Willingham was kind of uh, berated back in I think 2015 or so. He had a panel at a convention called Women in Comics with uh, zero <laughs> panelists that were women. <laughs> um, and I think like the Mary Sue, uh, which I don't know if it's as prominent as a news source anymore, but that um, at the time was pretty big, mm-hmm. um, called him out on it. And he went through like a whole like uh, SJW sort of sort of tirade from what I remember. Um, so this theme showing up in this issue, I was like, OK, curious to see how this goes. <laughs> um which uh, I couldn't not take the uh, the outside of the comics part of it out of uh, what I was reading. Um, I was a little lost. Uh, I know the, the the general crux of what happened in like I think it was like the Dark Ages, like Geppetto and all that shit. Like I'm I'm relatively familiar with it. I read a wiki at one point. Um, but um, it it is it does look good. I do like the, the little side. Um. What do you what do you, what do you call this thing? The side panels that were like embellishments mm-hmm. to make it feel like a kind of a classic fairy tale storybook. Yeah. Um, the the Buckingham is just great at what he does. Um, so I was kind of mixed on it though. Like I I was I liked it, but it also felt like a direct continuation of fables, which I'm sure if that's what you that's probably what most people wanted, honestly. Um, but I was looking forward to like a nice jumping on point and it really wasn't that, but that's, that's my baggage coming into it. I think the craft is definitely there. I'm in the same place there because I I wanted to continue like the series. Uh, I, I remember thoroughly enjoying it and having a really good time reading it. And now that I sort of know where this end point is, that kind of, it, it, it took the, the wind a bit out of my sails because I'm like, oh, they end up here. And, and now I kind of just have that sitting in the back of my head that at some point through some machination of different characters, they're going to arrive in the quote-unquote real world with the Mundies. And um, so that was, I think, a bit um, spoilery for me, which fair enough because this is going to be a continuation. Um, but the uh, I think beyond that, it grounds you insofar as it can. Uh, but I, I, I had trouble remembering certain um, characters beyond like Bigsby Wolf and um, 
uh jack in the green and i forgot her name because she gives her actual name but um yeah otherwise i don't, I don't know that the even the end sort of hooked me uh, as a cliffhanger I, I don't know that i would pick up the next issue because it felt it just feels like i i missed a lot and having read some of it i'm like i, I don't know i kind of want to see this now sequentially yeah i i think i think um I, obviously, this is meant to be read after 150, right? Yeah. And, you know, we're, I wanted to review this because it's a big book, it's a big return, and all that. So, like, I'm not comfortable judging the book based on what I don't know. That's not their problem. Um, especially because I get the impression that this, this wouldn't have come back if they couldn't just dive into whatever they were doing before, you know, that there was never going to be, oh, we're going back to a number one or, you know, some orientation process for new readers. Um, I really respect that. I in, a, in an industry where a number like 151 is so rare, the only time you see it is from Marvel when they're trying to you know, it's oh, a, legacy numbers. It's a little you know, text, like, though. You can't. It's not. They're not going to tell you it's that. It's, it's right it's hidden there. Yeah. I I really respect the fact that they brought this back with one fifty one, and it's just what it was. And hey, Fable had enough fans and enough people jumped on after it ended that I think this can work. And I had a good time, so I'm really glad for this. Um, I don't really know how to talk about what happens because. I don't have context from the past, but clearly something really bad just happened. And all the fables is like, for those of you who don't know, I'm just speaking about what I know about it. You guys correct me wherever I'm wrong. It's a world where all the like, you know, fables of our of our history are actually real. They're all real characters and all that stuff. And, you know, something really bad just happened. And all of them said, hey, we're out of here. They dipped off to other worlds and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that seems like what happened. And this book catches us up with some of those characters who have moved on, like Big B and his family. Um, Geppetto's here, which is really random and cool. Uh, this is like, like, if you've never read Fables before, like me, this makes me want to go back. No praise i've ever heard for this book made me want to go read it more than just simply reading this comic book wow okay i actually agree like if this i don't i don't think i'm gonna read 152 yet um yeah, i yeah. think what this did was made me remember like fuck i really i really need to get to fables again you know like it was more of a selling point to catch up yep Really, Very and I know, so. like, like you know, I think Jack Ryan is in the chat. You know, he 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 has the uh, DC Universe app. Like, it, it, I would assume this is on there, right? No, is it? It'd be, it'd be Vertigo at that point. So, I would assume the Vertigo books are on there. Let me uh, check. Actually, I, I'd so. be surprised if they yeah. weren't. It's also weird not seeing the Vertigo label on this, though. Like, oh. Fables is like one of those bit. like Famous modern thing. Vertigo books. I I I associate so much with that that branding oh uh, you're right uh tyler it is oh, i don't man. have to pay for these yes Damn. <laughs> Damn. all right let's, I'll, i can share you my uh my marvel unlimited you uh give me your dc uh, yeah, universe we'll we're swap, good we'll we're good there we go um i say pull uh you know if if you the only reason you don't pull this 
is if it's really important to you to understand everything. And that's valid. Like, that is completely valid. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to start at 151. But I've rarely read a book that has the same creative team and is telling the exact same story in sequence as if it never took a break that is as, as accessible as this. Compare this to Saga. Because Saga just did the same thing. I don't know if I feel Saga is as accessible if you've not been reading The Return. I don't know. I'd say Saga is probably a little more accessible if I'm going to put my two cents in there. Yeah, I, I would. I think I'd agree in that. I feel like it didn't. It didn't pick because it didn't pick up. Literally, immediately, like what feels like seconds after something. Um, I think that that's a little bit of an easier sell for somebody coming in. Whereas this is. If you have the interest, absolutely pull and dive in. But I think there's going to be a bit more work to be done. You still get the syntax and you still get that context. But I think the work there is a bit more than if you were to do Saga, where Saga felt very much like clean slate, new characters, even new styles for the, for some of our major players. That would make things feel a bit more, um, I guess, different. For me, I wouldn't say pull this issue. I would say pull so uh, pull Fables, though. Like, check out Fables. Like, that's how I would recommend this. Um, for me, a little hard to really gain my bearing with it, personally. If you're, if you're interested, I think it's quality. Pick it up. And if you've been reading and want to continue, this is absolutely the thing you need to pick up. Yeah. It's weird that the only person who's never read Fables before <laughs> is highest on it. That is so odd. The, uh, um, does this make you want to read Fables, though? Like, like are you going to, like actively yeah, look at I don't it. have I don't have like I'm not gonna go buy 150 issues of the book. Oh, they, so they're omnibus though. Happen. They do but have omnibuy. That's not gonna happen either. I got I gotta get uh there are several I gotta get before fables. So oh and you're not a digital reader damn yeah yeah okay. I was gonna ask um because I, I listened back to the episode that you guys did for the show Saturday on uh long form comics and then also just like on the difference between the short form and the the minis and that where does the where does this fall for you because i i was thinking about it before I, I i read it i'm like if this is a story in the world of but continuing the legacy numbering would that would that feel like a continuation and a um an actual continuation to a long-term run or would that feel like at that point we're doing a mini within legacy numbering. Uh, that would feel like a cop out to me because they have done minis yeah. already. Like they've done like other stories before. I'm sorry, it's in the Give side. me one okay. sec, guys. My cat is just tearing up a chair for some reason. So. There was a, yeah, I remember a Bigby uh, book not too long ago uh, Bigsby, that had come out. There's a, there's a game, um, Telltale. The Bigsby Telltale stuff. This is, this is coming from that. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about Immortal X Men. Oh, I didn't even answer your question. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I agree with Tyler. Um, I think that you're either going to do it or you're not, and I don't think that fans of Fables would necessarily want that. I think it's too much of a of a tease at that point. Like, mm. you know. Uh, but let's let's talk about Immortal X Men. This is issue two. Uh, issue one left us in a crazy place. So, um, you know, this one has to deal with some things. 
Uh, and it doesn't get to all of those. But uh, in any event, Kieran Gillen is the writer here. Lucas Mornick on art. David Curiel did the colors. Clayton Cowles did the letters. Um, yo, Celine, right? Badass. Come on. She didn't get what she wanted. So she said, okay, I'm going to unleash a nightmare creature on Krakoa. And when you guys realize that the only way to stop this is to holler at me, I'll be waiting. Yep. yep. And then Hope was like, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hope. Um. <sighs> By the way, I'm out the gate. By the way, yes, Matt, thank you. Big B versus Batman. Thank you. Um, Hope is a character that a lot of people do not like. I am not I one of those that. people. I don't get it. I love Hope, man. Hope is phenomenal. I have loved Hope ever since uh, Messiah Complex, before she was even in the book, just because of how important she was built up to be. And while I can't say that she's necessarily lived up to the promise of the character, I don't think that's be. I don't think that that can be held against the character. That's comics. But as far as what she gets to do and her role, I love this character. And this is one of the best issues. This is one of the best hope issues that the mm-hmm. character has ever had. It it also is like a great summation of all the different things that hope is. Mm-hmm. She's this messiah that people look at her and she's like, I'm not, that's not what I, I'm not supposed to be that. I don't feel that way, you know? And she's also like Cable's daughter. Right. Which she really shows in this. She's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to steal magic's teleportation power and just land a 360 no scope, you know? That was sick. Oh, yeah, by the oh, way. That was so good. Marco, she's not literally Cable's daughter. Like adopted daughter. Yeah, it's, he yeah, yeah okay. he took her to the future and like raised her. She was raised by a soldier to be a soldier to fight a war okay. across time. Um, and then Bishop kind of got a uh, character assassinated throughout that. <laughs> but, no, let's not. Let's yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, That's cool. Hope, Hope takes the role of Sinister from the last issue where he was kind of the narrator. She takes that role here. I enjoyed that a lot more. Hope is a more relatable character. She's also the one of the primary drivers of the action in the issue. Mm-hmm. She's the central character. And so her narration is informing her decision-making and giving us a peek into why she would do the things that she's doing here and taking these kinds of actions. Most people who have never read old X-Men books prior to house of X have no clue about this part of her character because most of the time she's just a member of the five. She actually stepped out here and was the hope that we all know. And I also liked her having an active role again, you know? Yeah. Like, she was an integral character when I was, like, really getting into X-Men in current comics. And, like, um, her realizing that, you know, yeah, I'm part of the five and I'm important, but because of that, I should be active uh, is, right. is a good thing. Um, I do like how we're cycling between Quiet Council members for uh, POV. Because uh, I, I read like an August solicitation for one of the, we're getting a Sebastian Straw issue, um, which is <laughs> um, 
But it's cool that to be able to see these things. Like, I don't really know who Exodus is. We get a little bit of them here, you know. Uh, I'm cool with that as a storytelling, uh, I guess, device. Reference. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. You get to see, because you also get to see how everybody sort of plays into the Quiet Council itself, where everybody's coming from, the angles. I think that that helps to build interpersonal drama um, and also helps to flesh out sort of where they sit in the hierarchy of Krakoa. Because that, that to me is really interesting to see where each of these individual people, uh, who they plug into, who who comes to them, who addresses them. Because uh, then you start to see, you know, factions, assumingly. Yeah. 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 I do have exactly. one issue, though. Mm-hmm. And this, this, I have an issue, but this book kind of resolves the issue, too. Kaiju and Krakoa, well, that keeps happening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like at least three that I can remember. You know, don't get me started. It's an island, bro. Just like Japan, you know. You gotta. I guess so, but but I did like the uh, the summers protocol, where I guess Scott's just just written up plans <laughs> for any kind of situation. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was a it was my favorite like data sheet that we've gotten since Hickman. I think actually though, because it was like, stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> like it was so in character, but it was also stupid. No, dude. Uh, I I work with people who work exactly like this. It's like, oh, you got a oh, thing. Go to this. Go to this. Go to this. They had like the angels uh, addendum. You know, like so good. <laughs> I thought it was. Oh, yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, he's got time on his hands. You know, Gene's busy. Um, he's he's got time. Got a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, bub. I don't um, think he's too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's also busy being Captain Krakoa. Anyway, can we talk about Celine's gloves? Can we spend time on that, please? <laughs> Sean, I just want to mention real quick, though, as you mentioned Captain Krakoa, I'm getting like real like Mr. America vibes from him. You know, like you're really going to pivot off of me trying to talk about Celine's gloves. <laughs> They're just gloves. No, shut up. They're not just gloves. They are the barely fit gloves that, that Emma, has. Emma Frost has. Yeah. So. Emma has them now. Celine has them. I feel like someone else had them too. This is just the thing on Krakoa. No one wear. No one has full gloves. These gloves. On what? I love like it. fingerless gloves like I used to wear in high school. No, they cut off like right here, halfway through the hand, like at the palm. Yeah, it's so funny, Sean. I I I read. That. I'm like, Sean's gonna like that, and then you are bringing it up. It's great. Wait, I love it. You're into it. Like that's yes. that's, a, that's a thing. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, you know, each their own. Tuned in I, I mean, the, uh, the gala. Yeah. And, and let's not even start, Mr. Different. Big Stepper. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I knew that would come in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway. Right, right, right. I'm not. Okay. All right. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, yeah. She does have those little, little gloves. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to tolerate Sinister. In this book, he's like, on, like you're, you're just, like anti-sinister, oh, well, huh? I actually it. love sinister. I think Hickman wrote sinister phenomenally. I just don't really like Gillen's sinister. I I agree. I I think here I, I liked him in the the first issue of this. I think he was much more in character, but this felt odd. This felt a little weird to me. It didn't. Um, some of the dialogue felt pretty stilted and just extra goofy like he is an animated character he is very um loud and in your face but here uh i don't know he he seemed he seemed different he seemed almost too sure of himself 
like too cocky. And I didn't, I didn't appreciate it as much. I mean, I don't know. Sinister, sinister is that, you know, especially like, cause the, the, the sinister of the modern era was defined by Jill. And like over a decade ago, and that was whatever you know that was fine. If you, a lot of people really liked it, I, I wasn't as big of a fan. But Hickman took that concept and did it like in such a way where Sinister has all this bravado and all this like char- char- he's so charismatic, but his plans there's wheels within wheels to his plans. Yeah. His mind is interesting. Whereas here, I just, I'm not that interested in his brain. I'm not that interested in what he's thinking. I'm not interested in him, like, injecting himself openly with all kinds of drugs. Like, why would he show that? He's muscle here. Why, why would he reveal that he can do this now? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think it was, a, it was a show. It was a play. Because this, 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 this sinister is flamboyant and extra. Um. So I think he wanted to show people like, yeah, I'm on the same team as you guys, you know, let's, let's go. I'm, I'm a, I'm a hero with you guys. Wink, wink. Now, um, I, I don't trust anything at face value with Sinister and that's kind of why I enjoy him. I can see that. Yeah. Always ready for the swerve, especially like all of Krakoa is looking on right now. Of course you'd want to be the hero in front of everyone, hmm. but no one, no one buys it. That's the issue. The Quiet like, Council doesn't. I'm sure the every man on Krakoa. I, I don't know why you would think that. No, who would trust Sinister? No one would trust Sinister. And Mark Nightcrawler <laughs> clearly, clearly doesn't give a damn about what Sinister just did. And then his line is, God above, people who think the best of people are just the easiest. That's Sinister talking. How stupid is he that he thinks that... <laughs> Nightcrawler believed anything he just saw. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That doesn't make any sense. Sinister is a genius. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he would know that that didn't work, that it wouldn't work. It, we even saw it in the first issue, right? Like, he, yeah. he, he reacted to somebody not going alongside with his plan and he thought it through and he got all neurotic about it. Yeah. That's a great call out. And then Destiny says, uh, I told you we have to be on the same side. And this dumbass looks at Professor X and says, oh, gosh, I have no idea what she's talking about. She never said that to me. Who's Professor X, a moron? He's a mind reader. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. I'm not. I, this I read the, that I, differently, yeah. that, that bit. I read that differently. Um, I read that as like Sinister was never actually told that. And she was relaying something she tells him in the future now. But they, but they had that conversation. Did they? Did right, they? Well, I, yeah. I don't, I don't remember she she told him we need to be on the same side. That's why in the last issue, I think it was, he he was trying to anticipate her vote, and then that didn't work. So he was like, oh shit. And then he changes his vote. That's right. That's right. Because they already had this conversation. Uh I just have shit comprehension. Got it. So it, it it's like I don't understand why Sinister is all of a sudden dumbed down. And maybe he's playing a long game, but right now he's being very transparent. I, when so. do we get to the chimeras? Like that's always in the background too. When it comes to sinister, like I'm like, right. where's where's that? When's that shoe dropping? Yeah, I, I I don't know. 
I, I really wonder because the way it's presented in Powers is like it's a very like later thing. Not necessarily so far in the future that we would never get to it, but just that a lot of things have to happen in order for that to become a thing. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like we're there yet or even close. Yeah. What did you guys think of the uh, Warnick art? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. Good stuff. That's, yeah, that's I strong. I thought it was much better than the, the Trial of Magneto stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little more kinetic. I mean, he's got more to, more to work with here, too, <laughs> in terms of the action. Uh, it's yeah. not people talking around and uh, talking heads, debating whether or not they should actually have a trial for Magneto three issues in of a story <laughs> called Trial of Magneto. Um, but, yeah, I think it's really clean. I like how it's colored very it, – it's flat. Um, mm. but I wouldn't consider it like, um, the most flat art too. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah. yeah. He, I think he, his lines got a bit, um, unruly sometimes, but that worked, especially when Sinister got really big. Yeah. It gets a little like, dirty. Like there, he just gets really loose and, um, the inks are a bit heavier. Uh, I did like that. I think some of the coloring I wasn't as big a fan of, especially in those moments. There's the moment where he, he's gripping the Kaiju and there's this like gold sun behind him um i know the the shine there looks a little off and then the, f the following page the smoke just looks a bit odd um it, it looks like it, there's a like these green undertones instead of these grays um but otherwise i mean the line works real good the colors hit or miss depending on the the page or panel at least for me uh, it wasn't perfect. I, I, I do wonder if he has a thing for Kaiju, though, because what there was some of that in Trial of Magneto as it well. Was, so I'm wondering yeah, if, yeah. like, that's a thing that he likes and writers are working towards, you know, his, what he's into. Um, I think he's I think he's good. I hope that it improves. But if this were the quality of the of the series, I wouldn't be mad. No, he's doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, easy pull, easy pull. I think this is um, my book of the week for sure. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, what else? I, I... What do you mean? What else? <laughs> I mean, out of these books, <laughs> I would probably pull. agree. I I read some more this week too, so like I'm a little hazy on what I read and stuff. But um, out of these four, I think that's probably my pull, my pick of the week too. I'd pull it. I'd pull it the same way Sean would want to pull those half gloves off, you know. <laughs> Leave them on. What you mean? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I'm not gonna get Savage. Uh, I'm gonna just leave it at that. Instead, we'll talk about the Savage Avengers. So like, we're not talking about the book words. You made me read. All right. <laughs> uh. First of all, this is um, this is called Streets of Rage, which if you are a gamer from the 90s, that name immediately evokes feelings in you. The I really song, love that man. touch. The song? Yeah. Oh, oh, the the uh, Go Straight. No, the song I, I, I just know the song that's in Streets of Rage is like on one of my like Toonami playlists that I have that I listen to. It's probably Amazing. Go Straight from Streets of Rage 2. Like, yeah, I could probably. That's say, like yeah. the definitive Streets of Rage song. Um, so this was written by David Pepos, uh, Carlos Magno on art, Espen Grudetjern on colors, and Travis Lanham did the letters. Um, what uh, did you think of this, Tyler? 
Um, I thought it was a pretty serviceable first issue. Um, I think it, 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 it is a little more of a, let me get my, it's like, um, uh, guys cooking analogy. Here we go. Um, it's like the prep work, um, before you start cooking, you know what I mean? It's like, you're getting all your stuff together. You're cutting up your, your vegetables and stuff. Um, everything's ready to be cooked. Um, this is really setting up our, our savage Avengers as a team and putting them on the board. Um, I'm a big Magno fan. So, uh, once I saw, I, I forgot it was him on art. Um, and once I saw it was him, like as soon as I turned the page, I'm like, Oh shit, this is Magno. This is the guy that did, uh, invaders. And what was the, uh, more recent Kang, the conqueror, um, series. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, Oh shit, this is, this is my, my jam. You finished um, that one, right? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite things last year. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I, I think maybe it took a little too long to get to the point. Um, but at least left me in a place where I'm like, all right, now that we're in it, uh, I'm ready to see where we go with it. And like, I couldn't help, but also feel the, um, the non text part of it. You know, I, I don't know if we'll talk about it on Saturday show or not, but it looks like Marvel does not have the rights to Conan anymore. Yeah. Yep. Um, and this felt like, oh, we're leading a, a, a way to kind of write him off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we're going to have one last hurrah in uh, uh, of Marvel characters and Conan in the uh, Arborian Age. Um, and I think it's a pretty cool cast to throw in there, to be honest. I didn't know they would be going to the Conan world. So this is kind of like an inverse of what the previous volume of Savage Avengers was. So, yeah, I think I think they did a good job explaining who everyone was, what their current... Um, situation is especially black knight his shit's confusing like and uh peppo has managed to explain that pretty quickly um yeah i thought it was, i had some fun with it i had fun with it yeah same i think it, it sets things up pretty well i'm not super familiar with uh conan as a character or many of these characters here but i uh, i think that he does a good job. The only one that I've read is Black Knight, the recent size barrier book. Um, and that was fine. I ended up dropping it, but, um, and cloak and dagger are always cool. Like that stuff's really, really cool to see. Uh, I, I like their designs, their aesthetics. And so, uh, that's, that was a fun inclusion, but beyond that, I mean, yeah, this was, uh, this was a solid start. Uh, I think to what's going to be a pretty fun series from what I can see. Um, I don't know that I've read Avengers books in general, but this caught my eye. Um, yeah, I mean, I I like the it's a it's a good try. Hmm. That's how I feel. Um, it's a good try. I think that it felt it, it felt like uh, it, it felt like you know, hey, this is. Like, this is my first comic, you know, not my first comic, but this is like my first at bat for the big two. So I'm going to be really safe and I'm going to do things that are super familiar and just take it easy. Um, There's no attempt to really swing for the fences here. Uh, Deathlock is in a role that is extremely painfully common for him where he is coming from the future or whatever, 
because somebody somehow some way has you know besmirched time and Deathlock has to erase them i feel like i've seen that a million times i feel like that's the only time i ever see Deathlock is when that's the angle um so i kind of wish there was a little bit more ingenuity on that front i also kind of wish that the book started with the mad bomb going off and these characters had to deal with it it doesn't feel like there's any immediacy to what's happening and that was my biggest issue i think everything that david tries to do works but of course it does because i've seen it all already you know like nothing here is like a a try at something other than what happens with every single one of these characters every single time we see them but, but I think that that's the right decision here for an issue one, like get somebody in with somebody that with something that is solid, something that's easily readable, something familiar enough that you can at least get grounded. And then now that we're in the savage world, I imagine, okay, let's, let's spin it out. Hopefully, right. Hopefully that's the direction is let's definitely blow it out here, especially considering this might be the last hurrah for this character. It, you know, we talked on the show about decompressed storytelling, and this feels like a very good example of that. Mm. Uh, if this same exact concept and comic came out in, I don't know, 1980-something, which I get how that sounds, but I'm specifically referring to a conversation we had in the main topic on Saturday, uh, the Mad Bomb would have gone off at the start of the book, and the heroes of the story would have had to drop whatever the hell they were doing to deal with that, or they would have just immediately been dealing with it. And then they would have been sucked into the new world. And all of that would have happened before the midway point of this, of the, of the <laughs> issue one. That's more exciting to me. They would have all been patrolling outside this, uh, this place. Like, Oh, what was that? I heard, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Walked up. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't see anything wrong with that. How is that worse than, uh, my man, uh, weapon H, you know, just, what was he doing? Just grabbing a coffee or whatever and getting robbed. He was at a uh, bodega, I think. <laughs> you know, like, okay, cool. That's not, that's not exciting. You know, Black Knight's just grabbing a drink. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that could have done that would have been more exciting and would have made me more interested in a second issue. I was happy to not see the trope of uh, first page, it's a flash forward, and then it's like, how do we get there? Like, I was like, ah, I'm yeah, so we didn't get one yeah. of those, you know. Yeah. Um, I do agree. Maybe it could have gotten to the point a little quicker. Um, but. I think one of the benefits it gets to kind of take its time is that it at least sits with some of the characters a little longer. Like, could you guys tell me who Weapon H was? Like, Can't tell in his current state in the Marvel Universe? I couldn't. Like, I knew who he was, but, like, I don't know what he was doing. You know? So, yeah, they give him a couple pages. They give Black Knight a couple pages. Um, I am confused by the Deathlock thing, because, like, Deathlock's in Avengers currently and Avengers Forever, and they kind of play a pivotal role in that, and they're all good guys too so it's like all right we just digress deathlock as a character but i guess you need time traveler villain or or anti-hero character it's like all right deathlock can't do kang he's a little too important right now so um i guess it's just more of a plot device to go back to the arborean age but 
Yeah, it's the same thing that they do with Bishop or Cable. Sure. Whenever they need that character. I don't even think he's necessarily a villain. He's just the the first antagonist who sets the table sure. and kind of yeah. gets everything together. You already know there's going to be some very good reason why Deathlock has come for Conan and they'll team up and solve the problem and Conan will stay in that age and they'll all leave. Like, that's the story. And I wish it wasn't so paint by numbers but i do want to say like i don't think there's just anything bad here i think it's all done well yeah i think you it's know. like a like easy give to someone like hey this first issue have fun they, like you don't need to know who any of these the characters lights. are either they do a good job with that it is a wacky cast though <laughs> yes yeah like i don't think any, i don't know anyone was gonna pull out weapon h uh, or or anti venom and god damn I love Flash Thompson he's one of like my favorite characters yeah um, so like this book could have been shit and I'd still read every issue like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a simp for Flash just Thompson just for him so. oh I love him so much I'm a cloak and dagger Mark for sure so really I don't think yeah. I've ever read cloak and dagger uh so I was introduced to them in the Maximum Carnage video game and oh, the NES one. Well, I played the Genesis one, but they're the same game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I really was attracted to the fact that he was the cloak is black and dagger is white and that they needed each other. That was that's kind of how their their whole power set works. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was super cool. I didn't watch the show because it was on Hulu, I think. And I would never do that to myself, but I forgot there was a show. <laughs> I'm like show, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Wait, what's um, with the Hulu hate? It's not Hulu it was, hate. I thought it was like ABC Family, wasn't it? Like it, it, that's way worse. But even if it was Hulu, it's not that it's Hulu. It's just that it's a Marvel show with teenagers on Hulu, which is going to be Pretty Little Liars or whatever with powers. And I don't need that in my life. Hold on a second. You don't need Pretty Little Liars in your life. Mm. Uh, well, of course, Marco would be a pretty Listen, little liar, dude, Mark. Here, I'm not. Uh, I'm not getting into that with you. Okay. Who was L? Is that the the the, the premise of that show? Or I, I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I think we're not getting into it, Tyler. All right. Was I right with that reference? We're not getting into it, Tyler. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Got it. Oh man. Um. Yeah. I would say. I would say. Pull the art's really good. Um, for what it you know for what it's going for, we uh, um, we got a highlighted message here. I hear oh. from from one Matthew Peel Murphy. I hear Cloak and Dagger season one slapped all caps. Only I would only watch it if it clapped. If you catch my drift, you know what I mean, Matt. <laughs> Listen, uh, like that that should be the horny show, like Cloak and Dagger. Come on, I hope that's true. I hope, and if it is true, maybe I'll watch. It. If hear, that I, if that's true, I hear she wears half gloves. <laughs> listen man if that were the case well no it wouldn't matter because i, I think that um i think on that show they're like teenagers or something i don't, oh, I, I don't know anything mind. about it i don't know uh, runaways was good i will say runaways was good oh runaways was good yeah that was pretty good yeah so if that's any indication of what uh cloak and dagger was like then it's possible it was good yeah all right well listen hey did i prejudge it yes <laughs> Would I do it again? Yes. But if it's good, I'll admit I was wrong. That's cool by me. 
Um, what I won't admit is bad. What I stand by is King Spawn. King Let's Spawn number go, 10. Sean. Yes, absolutely. Bro, Sean pick Lewis. Of the week. Ah, Marco. Yes. <laughs> may, hey. may I start, guys, with this one? Well, hold on. Hold on. Okay. All right. Uh, Sean Lewis with additional story by Todd McFarlane. Javi Fernandez on art and world design did the letters. Tyler, you may go. Uh, why? What do you mean That's why? Why was this a black, white, and red issue? Like, why? Why not? That was that was hot. But like, why? What's the point? What do you mean? Why was there a story reason for it, or it's just like, eh, we're just gonna yeah, do it's it? Fucking, it's fucking cool, and I'm the artist, <sighs> and I say I'm gonna do it in white, black, and red. There is it a was... story reason why. Yes, absolutely. What's this? Okay, enlighten me. Okay, so Spawn is now sitting on the throne, right? So thematically, the world is going to hell. Everything is screwed. This is it. This is the end game. So the colors of Spawn, because of how powerful he is and how that's bleeding into everything, are literally all over the page. Look at Reed Richards over here stretching. Oh, that's what I got out of it. That's what I got out of it. That's good, Sean. That's pretty good. Shit. That's, that's, uh, that's I, how I read it. I thought it actually took away from the art. Like I, I, I like Javi Fernandez, but there are a couple of panels here where like it's so flat where I think his art benefits from adding shape and form to it uh, with color um, that it like it, it loses its depth. And I get, I got lost a couple parts um, really? specifically the big, um, not big, but when there's like multiple groups of people together, I'm like, where does one part end and the other part begin? Um, I thought it muddied the art a bit. Um, this book is 90% interior monologue. And I hate that. I, I think like it's, that. it's, it's such a, it, it, it is against like, it's like, instead of telling me, show me. And it's just telling me through this guy's, you know, he's he's not even like enlightening me on his perspective of things. Sure, there's a little bit of that here, but it's he's almost like just telling me what's happening in the story. I'm like, you just show me what's happening. You don't need to tell me. Um, yeah, it just seems pedestrian. If that is fair, like, wow, I, I got nothing out of this King Spawn thing. I mean, I think so. I think what they did here is it is interior monologues, but I think they used it really effectively because. A lot of the time they used it to continue the the lettering and keep your eye moving um there's a really good page what is this? This, is, this is page 12 um the this guy is about to jump on um is his back uh on terry's back it was like terry had momentarily forgotten about the second brother that's at the top then you come in and the next caption box is uh right in between two panels where you see the action you don't you don't get explained the action necessarily it's like, and Terry's skills aren't close to being able to defeat two demons at once. Fine, right? But you see the moments are happening in between. And it's not necessarily fight scenes. It's not like, oh, then he threw his hand or, you know, he kicked him in whatever, like we would in a, a Todd McFarlane-led joint. This is a bit more uh, about the battle, but not dictating what's going on on the page already. It's like what what balances the scales and unseen essence of Spawn himself? It's just it's just like additional drama, and it carries you along the page. I thought that worked pretty well. It's more like drama mean for me. Jeez. 
Uh, listen, no one can convince me that this is not one of the greatest panels of the year. Yo, that was hot fire. Dude. I'm holding it up. It's, it's okay. Spawn sitting on the throne with hit what appears to be his cape just expressed all over the panel. Those reds are phenomenal. I will say. And Spawn has no color in him. So all the color from his costume, which you would normally associate with him, is gone. And the only color is in the red. It it's just it's so it's so beautiful. Todd said I don't see color in this. <laughs> uh, I will say it did look better when he showed me it physically. Listen, um, you should be reading physical. That's uh that's a you problem. I'm a little yeah. fucking busy right now, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have changed anything. I don't see you dropping money on King Spawn. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. Sean, can you show the next page right after that one? This one? Uh yeah 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 that full that so th there's two panels that first panel on the the left here if you're looking, um I love that things are just bursting out and because it is in that the the black and white it looks like this just homogenous gunk but you start to be able to parse things out, um I, I started thinking about this gunk. I I, I started thinking about this. I'm like yo how would this look like if it was shaped into mar uh, marble that would be fucking crazy. Uh, and then even the next page on, on that same thing where we just see, uh, we don't see the cape anymore. It's just this background of red and he's emerging from the places where the cape aren't uh, covering him. You see like parts of it's his shoulders crazy. are gone. Parts yeah. of like the, the neck aren't necessarily there. There's this red wash over half of his body. Hot, dude. Yep. It, it's, dude, I, I just, I think this book is really good it's coming to its own i mean i i've enjoyed king spawn pretty much since the start um and i think it gets better and better i never thought that i would feel this good about a spawn book i really i, just, I don't know man like i'm not gonna say it's not my book of the week right i'm not gonna say that this is like the greatest shit i've ever read but spawn as a character is not one that I ever read in comics before. So for the last year of reading Spawn books, I have to say, like, more good than bad. More good than bad. Yeah. On average, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's I, funny, I think, I think... Go for it. No, I was going to say, like, I think that for me, I have more fun with Spawn when it recognizes what it is and has fun with it. Um, and when it's not super heady and serious like this, um, like I think I preferred, uh, the scorched more because like it was stupid and it knew it was stupid. Um, and I think that's just my flavor of spawn that I prefer or like the, when, uh, when gunslinger was fucking the clown, you know, <laughs> give well, me more of that. We, we've gotten enough flack with the spawn reviews that I'm probably just not going to do them anymore. Um, which is unfortunate because I really, really enjoy it. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. If people don't want it, we won't do it. Well, if uh, we're doing this on Thursday now. So if, if you happen to read on, on Wednesday and you're like, hey, you know what? Actually, this was a banger. I'm down, dude. I mean, if it were up to me, like they're all bangers. For uh, well, the most right. part. Well, let's. Specifically King Spawn or are you talking? Spawn yeah, King, yeah King, King Spawn. Okay. King Spawn's been hot. So. Uh, I say pull. Absolutely pull. For the art I, alone, I think. I'd say pull, too. I'm joking. No, I wouldn't pull. <laughs> no. No. It's not for me. Yank it's at not, it. uh, yeah, it's just not, not my bag. For sure. 
Well, uh, Tyler made me go in his bag and pull out the Shaolin Cowboy. It's it's not my bag. Week. I never read it. <laughs> oh well, I think you'll like it. Uh, so I, I was cha- I was tagged this week for comics tag to read the Shaolin Cowboy. Uh, this is by Jeff Joff Darrow, um, who did the story art and cover. So multi talented uh, with Dave Stewart on colors, which is pretty cool uh and if you know dave stewart you can tell that this was colored by dave stewart there's no doubt who colored this uh, which i say as a compliment yeah um nate picos did the letters and uh several people did the color flats mark sweeney ronick singh fred pakulba and josh laird so what did i think of this book first of all it looks really good uh, it yeah, looks very, go. very, very good. I have to say. Um, it takes place pretty much exclusively in a desert, and they nail that part. Um, it's perfectly colored. Dave Stewart is a brilliant colorist, and I think when you when you are going to put your book in a desert, uh, Dave Stewart's a great choice for that, especially when you have an old dude. Like, for some reason... I associate Dave Stewart's colors with old dudes. I don't even know why that is. Old dudes with wrinkly faces. Um, yeah, he just does that so well. Like I'm gonna, dude, I'm yeah. gonna see if I can. Like, look at this. I'm holding it up now. It's literally just a panel of the main character. There's an old dude with a wrinkly face. To me, that's that screams Dave Stewart. That's Prime so Stewart. I know. Um. And so, yeah, I've never seen Daryl's art before, but it's all great. This is a very good looking book. It's gritty. It's tough, um, but it's pretty also in a way. Um, So I I appreciated it for that. And the story is mildly interesting. There's like anything can talk here. So like there's, you know, lizards that just talk and, um, you know, the the Shaolin cowboy is just this dude who's just walk doing his walk his buddhist walk across the desert and he encounters a lizard um and he saves it um from its father who wants to eat it and then it just goes off the rails into some crazy stuff that i'm not even going to describe um i will not read the next issue because this is too crazy for me um (laughs) the narration is insane the lizard is referencing Stan Lee, the MCU, uh, no prizes. Um, it's it's just really? wild. It's it's absolutely off the rails, and I can't deal with that. <laughs> uh, that's just not my thing. But I think Tyler, that you would probably enjoy this. Uh, it's very. It does not take itself seriously at all. Yeah. For me, any Jeff Darrow book is a pull just because of the art alone. Like it just. You can tell when something's Jeff Darrow. Uh, His and... name is so familiar. Are you thinking of Jeff Shaw? Maybe. No, no, no. no. Darrow specifically. Yeah. You definitely. He's always at New York Comic Con. Yeah. So maybe. you've definitely passed by. I think I've seen him sit next to like, um, uh, uh shit, um, Savage Dragon guy. Eric Larson. Larson. Yes. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I really like Darrow's art. Um. Does some uh, variant couple covers every so often. 
Um, I'll probably check this out. Uh, once you describe the, a lizard talking about no prizes, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll give that a go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Um, it, it really is from top to bottom. Like This is a wild book. I don't know how long it's going to be, but uh, whoever decides to buy this, you're in for a ride. It's not for me, but if you like stories that, like if you're a Deadpool fan or you like things that just don't take themselves seriously but have really great art, uh, you'll probably enjoy this. So. Nice. There's multiple right. different minis, too, for Shaolin Cowboy. So you can pick okay. up a Shaolin Cow- Cowboy story anytime. Um, they're just like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, like uh, little Western stories. Uh, Jeff Darrow did do Deadpool. Uh, the oh. oh, He did wow. the covers during the um, Brian Passane, Jerry Duggan stuff. So it was like that one where like, Huh. Deadpool shooting that dinosaur and he's bullets everywhere. Like so, yeah, that's an apt uh, comparison because he's done Deadpool. Makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Cool. All right, so now I have the power to tag someone. Uh, I am going to tag you right back, Tyler. Damn, um, tag me, bro! I haven't gotten in like five. What weeks. are you talking about? You literally got tagged and didn't show up last week. Oh, that's not my fault. So what the fuck does that have to do with me? (laughs) Um, I'm tagging you with another one of my favorites that I don't know if you've read yet. Uh, Lazarus. Oh, (laughs) damn it. I just packed my copies away. (laughs) Uh, Have you read it? uh, When it first came out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if you've read it, then then that's fine. Have you read it, Marco? I've not. Give so it, give so it you'll I'll I'll, I'll Ooh, I do you want I do want to see Marcos uh, this yeah also Reed I didn't Lazarus. want to unpack <laughs> so it's a Greg Rucka book yeah yeah I know uh, I've, I've always wanted to I you've given me the reason now awesome so uh, I would say read at least the first two issues but if you're inclined to read more obviously feel free okay. It's it's one of those books where like you get two issues in you're you're probably gonna accidentally read the third and then the fourth yeah. and the fifth <laughs> yeah um, it's it's, it's good looking man oh. it's one of my favorite books ever uh, let me quickly find out the how artist. is that not made into something like why don't we have like a Lazarus TV show I feel like that's prime like especially Michael like a, Lark. A, oh yeah Michael Lark the um they did um GCPD together the yeah. Gotham City stuff that's that's good stuff too. I've never read that. Oh, um, okay. I'll, I'll keep that in my pocket. That's <laughs> literally the same. It's Brubaker too. And oh. Marco, I didn't tag you initially for this, but I I suspect my my bet is that you are going to love this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I know I have gotten it in at least one of the humble bundles that I've gotten over the years. So I'm trying to oh, find yeah. it right now. It has to be. I don't think I've heard bad things about this. The only complaints I've had about this were delays and. Every, like it's just no, no knock on the actual book. I can't read it anymore. Uh, they changed the format, so now it doesn't come yeah. out monthly. It comes out whenever, in like That's a like. you know a sixty pager or whatever. And the, the story kind of veered so far off, and like I just I yeah. I can't do it. But Lazarus will always have a special place in my heart. Cool. Uh, let's do Palspools. All right, so for next week, I'm ready to get back into the Department of Truth. Um, we're finally getting, we had a couple of uh, little side stories that kind of fleshed out the background uh, previously. 
Uh, this is by Tinian and Martin Simmons is actually coming back on this one. Um, well, I think it was a uh, Diddy Abidikar as well on this. Nice. Um, we're going to be learning more about the uh, Russian Department of Truth. That is uh, the antagonist to our U.S. Department of Truth. Uh, I think it's like the something of lies, something like that. But uh, this book's friggin' weird. Um, it <laughs> it makes me it teaches me new cryptids and alien encounter stories that I can then look up and then I'm down a rabbit hole. Um, like the like some smiling man thing that was like a real story. There was a Mothman one a couple issues back. Um, I have a lot of fun with Department of Truth, so uh, always happy to see that. And a book I haven't talked about on the show yet, uh, Task Force Z um, mm. by uh, Matt Rosenberg. A new artist on this one, Herbert. I didn't look that up. I thought it was Eddie Barrows again. Um, but uh, this is a fun one. It's Jason Todd leading a team of DC villains who have all died recently but have been brought back with some Lazarus um, uh, juice uh, moist Lazarus juice, um, uh, but not fully. So like, that's how it's like the suicide squad thing. We're like, we're not going to bring you back fully cause you need this to stay alive. Um, but, uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's, uh, people get beheaded constantly in it. Uh, and it's Jason Todd and some really good characters that I don't want to say because there's some twists and turns in it. Um, but I think it's really fun. Uh, and, uh, Sean, little, little book. Yeah, so I had Devil's Reign Omega. Um, Devil's Reign was phenomenal. We praised it highly. It was one of my favorite events in recent memory. It's not quite over yet. We do have the Omega issue. Uh, this one is actually written by Rodney Barnes and Jim Zub alongside Chip Zdarsky. So I'm getting the impression that this will kind of um, dovetail into what they're doing next. We know that Zub is doing the uh, Thunderbolts book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm assuming that some of this will dive into that. I don't know what Rodney Barnes' next project is, but I'm assuming that's what's going on here. Um, but, you know, all capable. And then on the art side, we have Luciano uh, Vec- Vecchio, who's tremendously talented, yep. Rafael De La Torre, and Guillermo Sana. So you can't miss with any of those creators. Um, I'm really excited to see how this all sort of closes and wraps up. And we can get into the next phase of you know, city hero and villain stories. I thought you just picked it because of the cover. No, I mean, the cover's <laughs> phenomenal, but uh, but uh, no, not quite. I'm expecting like a, a, a new status quo for street level heroes in this, and we'll see where we go from there. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Marco, you put a uh, Legion of X, Legion of 10, Legion of something. Legion of 10 and or X. Um, I'm going to go with X and Cy Spurrier is writing this. This is, um, he's my boy. I like whenever he puts something out, this is going to be sort of that spiritual continuation of, um, the uh, way of X presumably. And so, um, you know, want to kind of continue that story. I did enjoy it and, uh, I, I I like him as a writer. So I'm going to, you know, try at least this number one. See what he's um, what he has to say, what he's going to be doing here, how much it is a continuation of that other story, and if Nightcrawler is in it, Nightcrawler is also a really great character, and I like following him. Uh, the art is by Jan Bazaldua, and yeah, it it looks good. Uh, I'm going to pick this up, and uh, I don't know if we're reviewing this. I think Sean, maybe, most likely, it's a new X Men number one. So how could we not, right? And you'll find out first on our Patreon. I lost audio. 
There you go, Tyler. Uh, um, as Tyler mentioned, you will find out first on patreon.com slash the comics pals what we'll be reviewing next uh, for next week's palace pulls. Um, and if you want to make recommendations, you know, feel free, you know, Patreon members, please share those not, recommendations with us. Yeah, we're not against throwing a fifth one in there every so often. So, yeah, if you've got if you've got an idea for something we should be talking about that we're not. We're very, very open to it. Um, and then if it's, you know, if it's bad, then we'll just call you out. You know? <laughs> uh, I guess I'll speak for Marco things. on this one. I mean, if there's anything I can speak for Marco for, it's uh, Marco picking a Swamp Thing book. Something, uh, nothing, something new, right? Oh, there you go. Here we go. Yeah, so Marco, nice. let's talk about the Swamp Thing some more. Doing this uh, Ty Dillinger kind of uh, move here. Yeah. Uh, about so to drop a diamond thing, cutter. Uh, you know, little known indie book by little known indie writer, Ron B. Uh, by artists... I don't know if you guys will recognize the name, Mike Perkins and colorist uh, Mike uh, Spicer. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a continuation of the Swamp Thing story. And man, I'm having fun with this book. I, I don't think I was as hot as on last issue as you guys were, but this so has weird. been <laughs> a, a book a book to follow. And um, I think Rom's doing a lot of good work here. As is, as are is Perkins, uh, I think the art's been phenomenal, and that alone is a reason to pick it up, if not for Rom. Yeah, but uh, those are our polls. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you are listening and not on Twitch, you can come hang out with us and watch live at Twitch.tv/slash/TheComicsPals every single Thursday at six p.m. Eastern. We always love when you guys come hang out with us and share your thoughts um live even if you want to tell me i'm reaching like matt did um <laughs> that's okay uh main show saturdays at 10 a.m 10 15 a.m eastern uh we'll have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about on the main show this Big week week yeah, yeah rest assured we don't need to talk about feet this week <laughs> well i mean listen you never know um i got it it's ready YouTube.com slash the comics pals. Subscribe for free, like the video, share it with your friends. All that stuff's free to do, and it helps out a lot more than it costs you. We don't know what our next book club is yet because it is in the hands of the listeners. It is in the hands of the patrons more specifically. We have put up five options. We will find out what you guys want us to talk about, and that will be the next book club. That will be the book club for June. Sean, should we announce the options? Maybe that'll entice yeah. people to go to the Patreon, you know? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, if, I, if I remembered, um, you think I'd prepare. Um, the Boys, Volume 1 and 2. Yes. Flintstones, Volume Uncanny Avengers, the whole deal. Uh, Swamp Thing, Books 3 and 4. But and Kaiju Max, Season 1. Sorry, Tyler? Who picked uh, the Swamp Thing one? Kale. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like how you can see... Very obviously, who picked what on that list? For sure, yeah, yeah. it's very transparent. Um, which you know, we all lean into our tastes, and I appreciate that. Sure. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. Until next time, we're the Comics Pal uh, signing off. Take care, guys. See uh, you next week. There we go. All right. that, that helps me edit. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>